What's going on guys? Zach here. Before we dive into this episode, I want to preface it with this warning. You're going to hear us talking a lot about fantasy football, the NFL draft, professional sports, and treating them as distractions. Understand this. Men have their hobbies. Some men do esports. Some like to play video games. It is what it is. The focus here is that those distractions cannot take priority over your duties as a man. And that, that's the end of the discussion. I don't care what you do. What I'm saying and what Anthony is saying in this discussion is you have to earn that time. It's cool that you're doing the, the NFL draft or the fantasy draft or whatever, you know, but earn it by spending time with your spouse, spending time with your children, spending time with your body, your finances, making sure you're good. And that way you're not the guy who's in debt, stressed out, has a horrible relationship with his family, but damn it, you got the number one draft pick. So you're happy. Don't be that guy. Now let's dive into this episode with Anthony Migliarino on Distracted Dads. Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here's your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. We don't need a warm up. Welcome back to another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. This episode is special for a few reasons. One, I'm joined by the sponsor of this podcast, Anthony Migliarino of PeacefulFathers.com. Two, this is the 175th episode of this podcast. I've had many guests. I've had many moments, many insights, sharing you know stories and actionable items that can be used to improve your life. A lot's gone on, a lot of hours in my life. So to have 175 episodes out there, it's pretty cool. And then the third thing, today's the NFL draft. And while that doesn't really mean anything to me or Anthony, you know, we had a, a discussion prior to this, it's significant in the topic of discussion, which is how many distracted dads are out there and how we can undistract ourselves from being the average Brad and turn ourselves into Chad, who's involved in our child's life. But before we get onto all that, Anthony, welcome back to the show. Hey, what's going on, Zach? It is always an honor to be on your podcast and I appreciate you having me back. Yes, sir. You know, they're always well received. You've been dropping content for years now, multiple guests. So we're going to dive right into it. We don't need to go into all that you're doing, but Anthony is a husband, a father. He's crushing it, doing a lot of big things. So again, go to peacefulfathers.com to find out his message on peaceful parenting. But in this topic, I want to talk or, or pick your brain rather on what you're seeing when it comes to fathers in this modern age where we seem to be being hit by distractions in almost every avenue, uh, social media, television, entertainment, our politics, they're all trying to pull the attention of viewers, which they can turn to money. But the result has been parents sort of being distracted from their children and not involved in their upbringing. What has been your experience with that? And how are you fighting that in your home? Well, I think that uh, it is probably done intentionally. You know, there, there's nothing greater than having a strong, connected family. So if if we can get fathers, if we can have men distracted, then obviously that's going to be diminished. Right. That strength, that bond is going to be weakened. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it is a, a big problem. There, there's a lot of dads. Not only are they distracted from the family, but they're distracted from taking care of themselves. Right. They're, they're not doing things that are good for their health. They're not doing things that are good for their mind. And they're focusing way too much on social media, 
on the NFL draft, on their fantasy sports teams. And this greatly reduces the the family value, um, I, I think, that we see in society. You know, the father is the head of the home, the head of the house. He's, he's the leader. And uh, if we don't have strong fathers, we don't have strong leaders, we don't have strong homes. So it it is imperative that men need to to um, fight the distractions. They need to eliminate them or reduce them as best as they can. And uh, I think a, a great way is having conversation about it, right? How could we be more focused? How could we be more dialed in? What are things we can do with our kids, with our family, and uh, even more importantly for ourselves, right? How do we how do we fight distraction and how do we do work that is good for us, that's allowing us to grow and, and become better? Yeah, but that's the question though, isn't it? So how do you fight distraction? Because I'm seeing it. Do you think it's a perception of joy? Like like doing the NFL draft or, or fantasy football, that's fun. Hanging out with your child, there's a perception that's not fun. Is that the issue? Like how do you choose your distraction, if you will? Well, I think they're a, they're a product of the environment. So, you know, if, if our children, if, if we can go back to the, the men we're seeing now, their childhood, um, I would say a lot of that is is reflective of them not having purpose or meaning uh, to their parents. Right. So if we're, we're if we are a child and all we're hearing is, you know, shut up, go away, get away from me, go do something. Um, there's there's nothing there that they're building. There's no bond. So as men grow up, they're not going to know what that really feels like, right? They're not going to know what the, a connection to another human being is supposed to feel like, let alone another man, right? As in society, we're, we're told that men are, um, I, I don't want to say be secluded, but we're not supposed to trust. We're not supposed to, to be connected. Um, and, and again, I think there's a reason for that, right? The more that good men get together, the more powerful that 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 uh, entity becomes, um, you know, like a brotherhood or a fraternity. When good men come together, they really have an opportunity to build. Uh, so getting back, getting back to the question, uh, I, I think with reducing or eliminating distractions, um, it starts with you, right? We, you have to become aware. And as a father, you need to be around men who are less distracted, men who are doing things and men who are going to call you out, men who are going to tell you that you need to do hard work. You need to be focused on um, doing these things that are going to benefit your child. So, you know, there are a million things that you can do, and I'm, I'm sure you do them with your kids. You know, it's simple things. Um, it always doesn't have to be extravagant. There's things with just taking a walk, going to the ball field, going fishing. Um, you know, this is something that I, I try to focus on with my son. He's 15 and a lot of young boys are not seeing this, um, this beauty of, of the world of, of nature and being on the water, being on the lake, they're really missing it. And all they're seeing is their phone, uh, their, their NFL teams, you know, who they're rooting for. Most kids now are trapped behind desks doing zoom calls for school. So it's, it's definitely a, a problem. And um, I think we, as men, we need to take the initiative. We need to really shift our focus and, and start providing those things to our kid. 
Um, and I think that's how you combat it. As as far as the dads who are distracted now, <laughs> I don't know, maybe you can give me some insight on that because that's a tough one. It is an excellent question. And you know, I'm trying to steer you off this topic of fanning the revolution. I, I do. I also believe, dude, with surgical precision, they have attacked the family. I believe the powers that be with their advertisements with some of the laws they put into place and some of the things that are given priority, you know, it, with how detrimental it is to the family. I'm like, they had to have done this on purpose, but maybe we'll get to that a little bit later in the episode. Because I do want to hit on it. I do believe that this is manufactured, you know, division. But also in this real right now focus on the dad who's, like I said, they've got all their notes out for the draft. They're ready for their fantasy football draft. So that's why they're looking at this. Who's going to be the star player, all these things. You know, I see them going from looking at professional sports. And then once that's over, they're going to their Hulu or their Netflix. And once that's over, you know, they're they're going back to bed and then they're going to their job and they're coming home and they're starting it all over. And I can't help but see there's a vic- vicarious nature to this. There's, there's a sense of accomplishment when you've actually done nothing. And I don't know if that's a product of, you know, participation trophies because now, you know, I don't think there were participation trophies when I was coming up, but maybe there were, you know, and then after that, there definitely were, it's very clear, you know, and I'm wondering if those are becoming parents and they think, well, by having a good fantasy football and getting a trophy, I've achieved something in life and I'm a good man. You know, so I do you think that's a part of this is is the upbringing of you're a winner, even if you watch somebody else win, but you happen to have their jersey on your back? Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's I don't think it's exactly a participation trophy mentality, because with that, that's um, that's a fear of failure. Right. When when we want everybody to win, it's because we don't want any losers. So when you're a man and, and you're distracted by football, fantasy sports, the next Netflix series, um, it's it is a distraction. But I think deep rooted, it's more of that man's failure, uh, that uh, fear of failure. He doesn't want to put himself in a tough spot. He doesn't want to do anything that is going to help him grow, because what happens if he fails? Right. What happens if he's not a good dad? What happens if his son doesn't like him? What happens if his daughter, you know, doesn't want to spend time with him? And these things are painful, right? When you, especially when kids get a little bit older, the teenage years, you you have to fight like hell to get your kids' attention, right? To to let them into your world, uh, into their world. And it's so much easier to sit on the couch and and drink beer and high five your buddies virtually about what draft pick you got on your fantasy football team. Um, I think it's it's a matter of just accepting easy things in your life and uh, not knowing, really not knowing how how good it feels to to go through the struggle, to get past obstacles and become a better person because you went through some pain, because you you faced the discomfort. And uh, that's, you know, that's something like a, a mentality or a mindset that you can create easily in the gym. Right. You start working out, you go through the pain, your muscles are sore. Uh, You might have shoulder issues, anything you're working through, but you keep going. And the reason you keep going is is not so you can look, uh, you know, sexy in the mirror. It's because you want to create a body that is strong, that is powerful, that's going to carry you to where you need to go. And this comes into parenting because a lot of children, like you said, so the participation trophy, right? Nobody it's parents are for their kids to feel pain. They don't want them to, to be weak. They don't, you know, and it's, it's, 
it's um, analogous to what I speak about on uh, spanking, right? We we think that if we don't spank our kids, they're going to run around and control the home. And it it it's a fear of, you know, we're going to make our kids weak if we don't discipline them, if we don't force them to, to do what we say. They're going to be weak and they're never going to know. But the truth is, the best way that we can help our kids is through patience and guidance and teaching them and being honest. And the best way that we can help other fathers is by showing them what a good life we've created, right? How, how good we take care of ourselves, how we love being in a relationship with our woman, with our wife, and how valuable that is to us, how, how important it is to have a strong connection and a bond with your wife, because your kids are going to see that. And, uh, these, you know, these are all the little things that add up. And uh, I think it's, in, it's important to, to really support dads. You know, it, it's easy to tear them down. To, so to support them and give them a hand, give them an outlet to where they can go to get help. I think that's the most important answer to that. You know, and I agree, you know, with, with that aspect of it, it's, it's obviously, I mean, the family alpha, peaceful fathers, we're writing and sending things into the world there. Are, I mean, I'm not going to kid you. Like there are times where I'm like, we're not reaching the dudes who really need this because they're not looking. They're, they're not looking for a podcast to be a better dad. They're not looking for a blog post, you know, to improve what they're doing because they're, they're distracted. And it's interesting as you were talking about it, not being about participation trophies, I started going through the Rolodex of like, all right, well, I agree somewhat with you, but what could it be? And then it seems like you touched on a rite of passage, becoming a man, doing these hard things. You know, for me, it was joining the military. That was sort of my, my maturation into being a man and then having a child then another child, I, I, I became the adult, if you will. Looking on a lot of men's lives, they're raised by the distracted father. Maybe the father's always at the factory. You know, it doesn't mean that the dad is always on the phone. Maybe their dad just always worked and he was a, a absent father they saw daily. But that father never passed lessons, never taught the kid, you know, life skills, you know, how to harden himself as a man. And then as he grew, he never really became an adult. He might have gotten a wife, he might have had kids, but he never really became an adult. So now he's still sitting and playing the games and doesn't even realize he has a job to the kid. So how do you get a, a man who did not have an example of how to be a good father and who's not looking for examples of how to be a better father? How do we get him to become an evolved father who's no longer distracted by these, these child? I'm going to fucking straight up say it, the childish <laughs> things of sitting there and allowing your fantasy points to take priority over your wife and children. Yeah, we're listen. We're we're up against the evil empire, right? There's there's a lot of information being flooded, right, to, to these men that want them weak, that keep them weak. Um, I'm I'm not sure, you know, how to get to them. Honestly, I, I think being a a good influence is is critical, um, and I would say that for, you know, for if I could take myself for, for me to help other fathers become better fathers or other men want to be better fathers, it's something that I, I have to raise the standard in myself, right? I, I have to do hard things. I have to learn how to grow my podcast or actually build a podcast. I have to, yeah, um, there, brother. <laughs> I have to learn how to grow my social media, my website, my blog, uh, write better, write, you know, be a, a more creative and influential uh, speaker. So, I think it's, you know, we're all at different levels. Um, you know, 
I wish it would be as simple as going to somebody's house and, you know, wringing their neck and saying, hey, man, wake up. We, we got work to do. But unfortunately, um, you know, that's <laughs> that's not going to work. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hit my kids, but um, wouldn't have a problem smacking around another man who's not paying attention to his kids. So it's I think it's a it's a it's a big obstacle. It's a, it's a tough thing. Um, I mean, there's there's things we can do that we can share, like what we do in our own homes and, and how we go about it. Um, and right now with COVID and all the restrictions and it, things are tough, right? They're tougher than they've ever been. And I, I honestly feel bad for the kids. Um, they're not having a normal childhood and fathers aren't having a, a normal parenthood. Right? There, there's a lot of weird things going on that uh, we have to deal with that we've society's really never dealt with before. Uh, laws, restrictions, what you can do, what you can't do. And I, I find it ironic that it's, exactly how kids have been parented for for generations and we're seeing it um unfold so you know maybe maybe we get fathers to be um more active with their kids once we overthrow the government i don't know you know i don't know what that, i don't know what that looks like <laughs> all right so you went there let's just do it man i'm not going to hold back anymore so we speak a lot about feigning the revolutionary spirit you know, one of the tirades I've been on is these these parents who are telling their kids, do what I say, because I said so. And these same parents are going out into the world or on their social media, and they're saying, how could you blindly follow the government? You know, how could you just obey that? Stand up, be free, you know, express your liberty. You're a free citizen or, or Sean Whalen, you're a free man. Well, are you seeing, or I mean, obviously you're seeing it. So let's just dive into it. How are these parents who are, who are stripping these kids of their revolutionary fire within their home and yet expecting it to exist in our at a societal level, how are they or how can we get them to recognize that hypocritical nature of the message they're sending? And for those who are listening right now, maybe it's you. And maybe this is the first time you're, you're realizing the, the expanse, like the spectrum at which this is occurring to where when you teach your child that if they keep you happy, you're nice to them. How that doesn't relate to to Anthony's one of his greatest works on creating the, the greatest or the next nice guy to where they're going to be nice to their spouse. And if you have a daughter to to their spouse, you know, their husband and their whole sense of personal satisfaction is on the contentment of somebody else, often at the expense of self. And then you see the you're telling your kid to do what you're telling them to do without question. So you're not teaching them the logic behind what you're doing. So therefore, as an adult, you're not teaching them how an adult thinks. But you're also telling them, don't even question it. Because I said to do this, you need to go do it. Well, how does that not, how does that create a citizen or anything other than what you're seeing today? Where they're blindly, okay, I'll wear the mask. I'll wear six masks. I will wear as many masks as you want and stand as far away from people as you want because I'm not going to question authority. You know, Anthony, you, you work a lot more specifically with peaceful parents than I. Do, is this a common theme? Do, do Are these fathers even aware of what they're doing within their home and how they're breeding these submissive citizens? No, they're, they're definitely not aware. And, um, you know, it, it gets almost too ridiculous where we're, we're in a culture now, a society where we're like, the government says I should shut my business down. Should I do it? <laughs> uh, this is how I provide for my family. This is how I put food on the table. But they're telling me I can't stay open. Maybe I should listen. 
And there's very few who who rebel against that. Um, and I, you know, with the fathers, I think it's it's probably more of a factor of um, rebellion. You know, they they fear rebellion, which they shouldn't, right? I think we need to have our kids be more rebellious. We need to have them question our own authority. Have them ask questions. Have them be curious about why we're telling them something, why they need to do it, instead of just listening and obeying. Um, and I, with the fathers, I think most of them fear, they don't fear rebellion, they fear reaction, right? They can't handle the reaction because they were, they were probably never able to rebel, to react. Um, so when you hold that, those, you know, when you hold this shit in, it, it hurts. It, it's going to come out distorted. It's going to come out and it's going to seem bizarre, right? It's going to be, um, forget temper tantrums. They're going to be, there's going to be, imagine kids running around the streets, burning cities down. Right. This is what could happen. So it's, um, you know, it, it's <laughs> it is definitely something that I would say a lot of fathers are already defeated and they don't know it. Right. They're complacent. They're just passing down this top down authoritative stance because they don't know what to do. They have no other options. Um, and instead of trying to control and suppress everything that's pure and genuine in their children, especially young boys, um, especially our sons, they they need to allow that to, to go out into the world. They need their sons to go out and destroy shit and to break things and piss off the neighbors. Um, and not in a way that's obviously going to be harmful, but in a way that we can say, okay, did you see what you did? What do we learn? And then maybe you throw the, the neighbor a couple bucks for the broken window or whatever, but life goes on, right? We don't have to, we don't have to label him as, as a uh, bad, as the bad kid, as a troublemaker. You know, these are things that we need to experience. And I think if, if we had those experiences in childhood, because I know I did, I know I caused a lot of trouble in childhood, uh, even at young ages, you know, we were always causing trouble, but you know what? We enjoyed it. We, <laughs> we were, we were having fun. Um, and I think that's become a taboo word, right? For kids to have fun, to, to kids to go. I mean, I don't know how your neighborhood is, but I live right next door to a park. And before COVID, because there are actually more kids in the park now since COVID, but there were never any children playing on the streets, in the parks. It was like you you drove through neighborhoods and all you saw was the the um, the faint glow of the television through the windows. There was There was nobody out. Uh, no kids out playing and and causing that trouble. So, if if I, I guess if we could have fathers admit that they they've been defeated, that they've been suppressed, that they're re really not living to their true self and their genuine self, then then they can start to make changes within. They can maybe ease up a little bit and and let their kids go out, let their kids do dangerous things. And I'm not, I'm not saying let your kid walk around on the street corner at 2 a.m. Um, we we can have rules, but rules are going to be followed the best when they're com communicated properly, where kids understand them, and th and then that's when we can bring negotiation in and and we can have like real conversations with our children uh, instead of just always telling them what to do. You know, I think that angle that that's an excellent one to pivot on as well. And that's how you speak to your children. You know, you're, you're talking about, you know, them having fun going out, how at the mass, the micro, 
you know, is impacting the macro. It's starting the home and it's spreading out. You're seeing it at the national level. You know, a lot of that comes down to these kids. Like you said, you know, there's a lot being held in and all of it could be released. All that tension could be let out if you just let them tell you what's going on inside and it had somewhere to go. You know, instead, they're afraid to speak at home, which should be the, the most free and open, you know, I would say judgment free, but you can judge, but at least you're openly judging and you're aware of one another judging. You know, that would be allowed to to kind of bring that thing down to a simmer. And so it's not boiling over. I think a lot of parents, they don't view their kids. I'm not even sure how they view their kids. You know, I try to put myself in people's shoes and I can usually do it. You know, when, when guys talk to me about struggling in marriage, you know, struggling with, with sobriety, struggling with parenting these things, I'm like, all right, I can, I can put myself in those shoes and it, it sort of helps me help them. But when it comes to not being able to listen to your kid or not viewing your child as someone you like, I'm, it's so much more difficult for me because I, I love my kids. Like I, I love talking to them. When I do things, if I say, hey, I need you to do this, they don't just go like, why? And they like stamp their feet and walk away. They'll ask, you know, like, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? And I'll explain it to them. Like, oh, well, if we do this, then we can go do that. But we got to make sure this is taken care of first. And there are a lot of parents who view that as submission to your child. It, it's always this power flex. You know, when you were talking about let your kid go out and have fun or, or let them go do their thing, you know, without you having total control over every minute of what they're doing, some parents are going to be like, oh, Anthony, your kids must just be a disaster. They must run the home. Like you said earlier, it's always this, this thing. And you even had to correct yourself a few times. I'm not saying let them go out till 2 a.m. because that's how extreme parents take it. If you say, let your kid go out and play. Oh, you want them to go throw bricks through windows and steal? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> no, I want you to let your child go out of your sight and go play with those other kids. I want you to let them fall down and get hurt. You know, I was telling you before this, my son has a busted foot right now. My wife has a busted shoulder. My daughter's all bruised up. You know, they're doing things as a family. We go out and do things, you know, and it's so it's it's disappointing to a degree to think of a man or woman who has children and they view those kids as somehow an impediment to living a, a more comfortable or relaxed life. You know, your, your television, those TV shows, you know, the NFL draft, <laughs> these things are not more important than your family. And if you're listening to this and you're, you're wondering if we're talking to you, like, A, yeah, we're talking to, directly to you. But B, understand that neither Anthony nor myself, and I'll, I'll speak for you because I think I'm 100% correct on this. <laughs> we're aware of all the forces that are working against us. You're not a bad dude or bad mother, bad father for falling into that trap. Literally, it seems like our society is designed to separate, divide, and just distract everyone. They want why no moms out there. And since launching Forebear, I now see it so much more because we're, we're looking at the clothing angle and like marketing, advertising, things like that. And it's, they hate moms. <laughs> like everything you watch is like, you're supposed to be a drunk mom, a sad mom, a distracted mom, or a frazzled mom. Those are the types of moms out there. What about the strong mom? What about the loving and caring mother? What about the mother who will sit there and let her children grow out and experience the world and support them in whatever it is they're choosing to do? You don't see a lot of that. Same thing with fathers. It's the dad bod, dad jokes. They always come with this negative connotation. It's always a, the dad is the brunt of the joke. He's the oldest child. You know, and at no point is it about strong fathers, a father figure that one should aspire to, you know, about a leader or the wall between, you know, chaos and order. You don't really see that message out there. And then you throw into the mix, the food, the advertising, the booze, you know, the medications, all these things. It The whole world is working against you. But if you're listening to this podcast, if you're coming across, you know, products on social media or accounts on social media, and you're not taking action off that, 
at that point, you're choosing to stay where you are. And that is the most detrimental thing you can take, which is inaction or just indifference. If you just don't care, it won't change. And you have an opportunity to break the cycle with your children. And Anthony, I'd love to hear how when men are getting started with you, you know, when they're, when they're like, all right, I, I want to stop being a peaceful father. I had a shitty childhood or I recognize I was the fat dad who watched TV and went to work and came home and never gave my kids the time of day. Where on that journey do they start? Is it a conversation? Is it going for a walk? How can a father who has neglected his child for years of their life start that reconnection and get over that initial pushback and possibly anger? Hmm. Not to put you in the hot seat or anything. No, that was, <laughs> I think it was, uh, it was excellent points that you made though. Um, with, you know, everything happens for a reason uh, in society. There's, I don't think there's too much that's untold. Um, and we should definitely just, just, just like everything you spoke about, we should be aware of what's going on. Um, and if you wanted to become a peaceful father, it's, it's really, it's relatively simple, right? You, you just have to change who you are. I mean, what, what could be easier than that, right? <laughs> so overall everything. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it is, it, it, it's about, it, it's really about self-growth. Um, so adding to your self-worth being, you know, like you said before, with the father, fathers, uh, how they're perceived in society, we need to erase that perception. We need to improve it where we can have fathers believe that once again, they are powerful, right? That they are important, that fatherhood is one of the most important things that we can do. And it, it shouldn't be, there should be no jokes about it. We're, we're raising children. We're, we're taking babies and we're bringing them to adulthood and it, it should be taken very seriously. And when, you know, when we don't take ourselves seriously, how are we going to take that role or that position serious? Um, so to start out, if, if you wanted to become a better father, it's one, you need, you need to become aware of um, what that looks like, what your goals are. You know, do, do you, you need to be honest? Do you want to create a good connection with your kid? Um, and it, it's not about your kid liking you so much as it it is your your child um, respecting you, trusting you, and knowing that you're their father. And I think that that signal sometimes gets mixed, right? What you know, th there's one side where the father's weak and stupid, what we see in society, you know, on TV. But then there's another side that says fathers need to be strict. They need to to have, you know, lay the smack down and, and control everything. So there's a lot of mixed signals. Um, and I think it's important to realize that no matter what relationship you're in, there's always values. There's always virtue that you can hold to every relationship that doesn't change how we treat people, you know, the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated yourself. Um, so, you know, there's, there's principles behind it. I think we can follow, you know, you, you wouldn't want your, your spouse to smack you when you misbehaved or something she didn't like. So don't do it to your kids. Um, you wouldn't want your spouse to, to scream and yell at you. You, you know, I, I hope a, a grown med wouldn't, wouldn't accept that as a, a healthy marriage. So we shouldn't do it to our kids. We shouldn't allow that to be the norm to, to be how we're building our uh, family together. And you know, I, I, I say my, the main thing for me is once you remove physical violence, 
as a, a tool of discipline, then you can start being creative. Then you can start using ways to connect rather than to um, destroy your, your relationship with your child. So, <clears throat> you know, as far as the, the peaceful parenting journey, it, a lot of it starts with you. Um, a lot of it's going to start to ha having higher standards as a man, as a father, and passing those standards down to your kids. Um, you know, and it's, it's for me, I guess the toughest part about it was um, really trying to open up the relationship with my kids, really trying to have them trust me that they can talk to me, that they can be honest with me, um, that if I did something wrong to them, they could tell me it, there wasn't, um, you know, everything I do is right and everything you do is wrong. It was, hey, dad, you know, you, you hurt my feelings or, hey, dad, I don't know about um, this scenario. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not too comfortable about what's going on. I think we need to rework things. And what better way to, to build trust, right, to have your kid openly express how they feel, um, what their needs are. Right. Could you imagine? So <laughs> I would say that if if you wanted to to realize how important fatherhood is. Think about how it would feel if your kid said to you, dad, I need a hug right now, right? I don't need you to tell me what to do. I don't need advice. I don't need to be told what I did wrong. I just need a hug. Think about how powerful that would be with the bond that you're making with your child and, and how foreign that is to so many men. So that's my advice. Hug your kids. <laughs> Very succinct. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, and it's it's interesting as you're going through all that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm thinking about how many don't even realize what they're not doing. You know, they, they don't even realize that the relationship is not there. And that last point really drove that home is for how many of these fathers who they spend hours, you know, mapping out their fantasy draft, their MLB draft, you know, whatever it is they're drafting, <laughs> you know, all the time they spend watching NASCAR or whatever. If they were to take that time, let's say it's 10 hours a week, and they were to measure it against the time spent distraction-free with their child, what that would look like. You know, and you wonder like, what are the metrics? Like, well, how do I know if I have a good relationship? Start there. How much time did you just give this? Oh, roughly five hours. How much distraction-free time did you give your kid? Uh, dinner time. No, I'm not talking about a meal. I'm not talking like the two of you watching television. I'm talking about you and them sitting, talking, or outside throwing a ball or, or doing something just one-on-one -on -one with nothing but one another. You know, I think for some, that would be in a very embarrassing number to have made public, you know, and that's, which is excellent because when you feel that really uncomfortable, like, ugh, now, you know, that's where you should focus your efforts. Like when you're really like ashamed, I view that to be a really, really good metric as to that's where you should focus and shine the light. Like, don't keep putting that in the closet, bring that out and face it head on. And that whole point yeah. on, you know, your kids saying, can I have a hug? That, that right there, my kids, I don't know if they would say it. They kind of just do it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but how foreign would it be? Like for some kids, they don't know if their dad even wants a hug. They would have to ask. And in that case, the dad might be like, oh, don't bother me right now. I'm watching fucking Jose Altuve throw a ball. Don't talk to me, kid. I'm busy watching this other man play his sport. And when they win, I'm going to be so happy. And if they lose, I'm going to be so sad. And I'm going to be and angry. And I'm going to carry that into our home. And you're like, fuck, you know, the, the Astros lost a game. Now my dad's mad. Like, how does sports have that sort of power over the father like how, how does anything have that sort of power over them you know and it's 
it's interesting to me. But I guess, you know, men need an outlet. So to put you back in the hot seat <laughs> as a guest, you're going to stop coming on here if I keep asking these questions, is what do you do for fun for Anthony that doesn't involve your kids, yet it doesn't take away from your kids? You know, how have you found that balance of, you know, you have to invest in yourself, right? Put the gas mask on so you can charge them up. What do you do? What are your pastimes or hobbies, if you will? Um, I, I have... I have a lot of free time now, so I've, I definitely hit the gym. Um, that is crucial for me, for my uh, physical health and mental clarity. But, uh, you know, as far as fun, um, I love being in the woods. I love hiking. I love camping. Um, hunting is is something that I would love to do more of. And, you know, it's just you're not even really doing anything. You're just sitting in the woods waiting. Now, do you do all these things with your family or are these just Anthony things? Oh, no, this is just me. Okay. No, well, hunting is just me, the gym. Actually, the, the gym has been taken over by my family. Well, my whole family goes now. So, <laughs> it's a good problem. So I, can't, I can't escape them. Um, but uh, I, I, for me, um, fishing is a, is a big thing for me. Um, I, I haven't done it as often as I would like because I was working too much, be, being a workaholic. Um you know, being out in um, being out in nature is great. Being out on the ocean, you know, we used to take hundred mile trips out in the ocean and go tuna and shark fishing. So, it is important to take time to do things for yourself, and it's also important when you do take that time that your your family isn't panicking, your family isn't worrying. Um, you know, they know dad's coming back. They they um, they can be independent on their own. Right. We, we want to be the, the man of the family, the man of the house. But we also want our house to to not only survive, but thrive when we're not there. We want our kids to be good. We want our wife to know that she's got it you know, locked down. There, there's no harm is going to come. Um, but with my children, the, the best thing we do is we go camping when I mean, we've been doing it for since my uh, son was before he was even born. Like my wife used to go, we used to go camp in a tent when she was pregnant with him and uh, you know, just camping on the beach, camping in the mountains up in uh, the Poconos. And, you know, I, I think that's one thing that's missing from a lot of homes now. Also, it's not a lot of rec recreational activities. Everything is planned. Everything is supervised. Um, you know, we go out in the woods, we go camping. There's no, agenda it's relax enjoy and be be one with nature <laughs> get as as much zen as you can um because there's no distractions some some of the time the best the best spots are where there's no wi-fi <laughs> believe it or not you know this is that's rare. a great message though think about dude I, I know people who would have like a stroke <laughs> once those the bars start going down and the signal's gone they, they would not know what to do like like in a very serious level they would be super super uncomfortable being out in the middle of nowhere with no signal because it's almost like that's their connection to society and they don't know how to live outside the walls of the city you know and not in the literal city like outside of modern comforts ac climate controlled everything you know a bed television they would not do well but and i agree with you 100 that's a huge part of the problem yeah yeah, it, it is. I mean, there's a lot of problems we, we see going on in society. And I, I know I, I speak a lot about becoming a better father, raising your kids better, uh, being more peaceful. 
And, you know, it's not, I don't just speak this because I really want every other father's kids to be great. That, that is, that's, that would be a great outcome if that happened, if, if fathers actually listened and, and applied and their kids turned out better. But um, I, I see it as a whole societal thing, right? I see it as my kids are going to grow up. They're going to have kids and they're going to have to be living in a world with these other kids who are getting tormented, who are getting beaten and punished and abused and neglected. So I don't want my kids to be the, the only um, children who, who had freedom and were allowed to be rebels in their childhood grow up and demand freedom as an adult and then everybody else coming from the outside and and saying no you have to do this you must do this if you don't do it what they say then we're going to report you and like i don't want i I see it already it's it's too much think about if we don't break that cycle how overpowering it's going to be in in four years and eight years and you know in 20 years it's going to be complete dominance of any freedom you know, do you think since you've started writing and I'm, I'm asking this as I don't know if I'm in an echo chamber, do you think peaceful parenting is increasing or is just my awareness because I, I associate men like you and other men who push peaceful parenting, is it catching on and growing or are we just more aware that it's, you know, a thing? I think it's definitely growing. I think some of that might have to be have to do with the men you surround yourself with so you know there's a lot of people in this world and there's there's a lot of children who suffer there's a lot of bad things happening to kids but once you i would say once you start to really improve as a man the company you keep is going to be better and then those messages whatever it may be uh, healthy marriage healthy childhoods healthy body um more wealth success those those seem to be more apparent because it's it's the focus rather than what you want to attain right it, it's it's your life you're living it so the conversations you have in, instead of what draft pick was fourth it's what did you do with your kids today or you know what can i what can i get my wife as a surprise gift or you know whatever it may be um the, the thought process is much more uh, dominant with growth mindset than rather that fixed mindset where people, they don't want to change. They stay the same and they want to be distracted. So I think it's just, it's a little bit of both, but I think it's the, the people that you surround yourself with. And, and to my point with society, that's who I want my kids to serve. Like I'm, I want to set the example. So when they grow up, they only accept these good people in their life, people who are motivated people who want to see them do good genuinely right not just because they they're going to gain something from it um but people who want to see other people flourish that stuff only happens when we are strong enough to help other people also you know it's it's kind of a uh, win-win that's part of the reason i asked that question you know particularly as well is not just you know is it growing is it catching on you know are, are people changing their ways but also with how you found, you know, recreational activities to do for yourself with your family, because a lot of guys get stuck in like, it's all work. Well, it's not all work. You know, it's not all on, you know, you you have to self-sacrifice your way to happiness. You know, it's not just about the kids, just about the wife. You yourself have to find peace within, you know, and for you going out and fishing, uh, going camping, things like that, hunting, 
I think the last time we went hunting, we saw a lot of things. We shot no things, but we saw a lot, and that was fun. <laughs> shot a lot of targets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but these guys, you know, it's not just you are dad. Like, you have to be, like, the foundation is being a man. And from there, a majority of us go to lover. So you're a husband or you have a long-term relationship, something like that. And then you're a father. And that's the pinnacle of masculinity because you have brought a life into the world. And now it's your responsibility to raise it. And if you stop being a good man or lover, well, how are you going to be a great father? You're not, you're not the entirety of who you need to be. You have to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. You have to learn how to have fun with, within you and have peace within you to show your children how to have fun, how to have peace. If you can get rid of all that, that stress and you know, confrontation, conflict within, well, you're not going to have conflict with your kids. I could not see a man who is peaceful with himself go out and hitting a child thinking that's the right thing to do. You know, you recently, uh, you had a quote that stood out to me, and it was that spanking has the same effect on your relationship with your child that domestic violence does on your spouse. And I was like, God damn, you know, everybody, everyone will agree. You're like, oh, only a psychopath, <laughs> some some raging drunk, or, or or just, you know, some just odd dude <laughs> would think it's okay to hit a wife or hit a woman. Like, you'd have to be fucked up to think that's a normal thing, an acceptable thing to do. But when it comes to kids, this this blind eye has turned and I do not, I've never understood it. I just don't get that. And you directly attacked it. Why do we have laws against hitting animals and women, but not kids? Like why, why has certain nations, when they criminalized corporal punishment, saw lowered uh, jail rates, lowered crime rates, you know, and a lot of their, their teens were doing much better and much better like mental health as well as, you know, just incarceration and things like that. Why is that? People are dancing around this, and I, I'm really glad you take it head on. And that's what I, I've read the posts. I've read a lot of the books. I've, I started a freaking brand and podcast focused on family. And it wasn't until I crossed paths with you, followed your message, and read your work that it accelerated my life a hundred times over with my relationship with my kids. But also, and this is the weird part, reading Peaceful Fathers helps me find more peace with myself which in turn also improved the relationship. So it wasn't just your advice on how to connect with the kids. It was how to find peace within, which then enabled me to open doors and channels to the kids that I couldn't have done prior. And it's for, again, anybody that's listening, if you're sitting there like, all right, you know, I'm starting to feel this one as a dad, I want to get better. Go to peacefulfathers.com. Start the conversation, listen to these, you know, it's, it's an easy plug, but dude, it's, it's not a plug at the same time. You know, we're having these talks for a reason. Like there are people suffering. And, and I, I spend my time behind this mic. You spend time, you know, writing it and behind the mic for a reason. And it's not just because we like to talk. Sure, that might be classified as one of our hobbies. But at the end of the day, there, there's action expected to follow this, you know, and there are people that are hurting. There are a lot of kids that are, they're in like a purgatory right now, man. It's like some people with when COVID hit, they took a hard right and they got their health locked in. They got sober. They, they, they started paying attention to their finances. They did really well during COVID. And the other group, and I don't know if it's the majority, but it's definitely a good percentage, went the opposite. They got fatter, they drank more, did more drugs, you know, they got angrier. And now their whole life is based off seclusion and kind of connecting through electronics. And I feel like there are kids that are impressionable and these kids are growing up and they're not making their choice yet, but they're watching. And I'm afraid that all those parents who went left are going to take their kids left. And I think the ones who went right, who choose to speak on the subject, like ourselves, throwing it out there, throwing those ropes. I'm really hoping we can win some back our way. So it's just, 
I appreciate what you're doing, brother. I appreciate, you know, the work you're putting out there. I completely agree with it. And I guess, you know, as we're wrapping this one up, are there any projects, anything coming down the line you want to open people's eyes to? Anything you have in the works? You're a busy man, dude. You got a lot going on. What's happening in the uh, the Anthony Migley Reno home? No, there's a lot going on. We um, we just sold our house, so we're, we're moving out of New York finally. It's been a plan for a real long time. And uh, we're going to go down south, check out the area, and uh, hopefully I don't have to do podcasts in my RV anymore, so I can I can have set up a studio or something. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be speaking with um, some great men at the Conference for Masculine Excellence in Las Vegas in June. So I'm, I'm excited about that. It will be my first time on stage. Uh, I want to make sure that you know, we, we bring it, we bring the peaceful father's message and um, want to make sure it's understood and it's heard. And other than that, we're, you know, going to be on social media promoting the message and um, looking to, to do some projects in the future. Uh, I have a lot of time now, sold my business. So once things get in order, uh, I look to to really try to get this going and, and help as many fathers, you know, as, as I can. Um, you know, the, the one thing that stands out from what you were saying before, uh, Zach, you know, sometimes men get intimidated by all these things that they're not doing or that they, they should be doing. And I just want to emphasize that this is, this is not a quick fix, right? This is a change of life. This is, this is something that you have to, you really have to take a long time to, to figure out and work hard at, um, like anything else that's going to bring value to your life you know you don't you don't just talk to me for a half hour and your your whole family's fixed it's a willingness to do work it's a, it's a willingness to improve and um and the reasons are to be able to to not only provide a, a better life for your child but also to to have that great life that you deserve yourself as a man as a father that so many uh, that so many are trying to strip away from men in today's world so I think that's an excellent point. And it really does highlight the fact that don't let the pursuit or the, the magnitude of perfection prevent any progression. You know, you don't have to go to being the perfect dad, like just be a better dad, just be a better man, just start doing the next right thing, you know? And maybe that means the draft is coming up tonight, but you make sure you make time for your kid before the draft. You know, and I don't even know why the draft stood out so much to me. <laughs> I logged on to Instagram this morning and then Facebook and it was everywhere. And I was like, what the hell? I didn't even know this was happening. And all these guys have like these plans and whiteboards and all this time invested. And it just tripped me out. But honestly, you can keep the draft. But what's to stop you from earning the draft? Like earn that time where you're doing absolutely nothing by making sure you went to the gym. You sat and you played with your kids. You spoke with your spouse. You did the things you had to do. And then when you go and you do the draft for your alone time, like they're aware, like, yeah, my dad's awesome. We had a great time today. Now he's going to do his thing. There's no difference really between that and the fishing, the camping, you know, you going out to the gym. Sure. You disappear for an hour, but your family knows when you come back, you're better for it. And and what better way for you to spend time with your family, disappear to your friend's house and do the draft. And when you come back, you're full of smiles and happiness and you bring, you know, I had a good time, you know, let me tell you stories. They would love that. You know, and, and there's nothing more frustrating than you take the time off, you go there, you have a few drinks, you're all butthurt because you didn't get the guy you want. You come home and you're angry. 
well, what was the point of your alone time? You, Dad left happy, came home mad. Like, don't go there anymore. <laughs> if you want your family to support you, come home happy from that fishing trip. Come home re-energized from that camping trip. You know, take the time to yourself to improve yourself. So when you come home, you're a better version of you. Like, there's no way a spouse would have an issue with you going hunting or whatever. If every time you came back, you were a better husband and father to her children. You know, it just. Yeah, that's great. That time. That's great. <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap it up with that. Anthony, for anybody looking to contact or get to know your work better, where should they be going? You can find my website is peacefulfathers.com. So all social media, um, Instagram is peacefulfathers. Twitter is at peacefulfathers. And uh, my Facebook is my name, Anthony Miglarino. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the time. For anybody that enjoyed this episode, make sure you check the man out, not just because he's a sponsor of the podcast, not just because he's a great husband and father to his family, but because he's bringing work that you can take and apply. At the end of the day, this is about you, not me, not Anthony. It's about you growing you and fixing your life. We're having the conversation. We're sharing the resources. You have to do the work. So all those links below, check them out, follow, improve your timeline. This has been another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Stay strong. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at the fraternity of And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Zach small underscore.